0: We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky.
1: Hello, you beautiful soul. Thank you for being here with us today on Journey to Center. You know, I've heard it said and believe it's true. The only emotion left for the fully realized human being is infinite, unbearable compassion. Certainly, empathy and compassion for myself opened the door to my authentic compassion for others. This, in turn, has improved the quality of my life in countless and profound ways. I'm so honored and excited about this subject and about having this conversation about compassion what it is, how it works why it changes us, and the ways in which compassion can transform not just ourselves, but the world. We're so very fortunate to have with us my wise and wonderful expert for a second show, Dr. James Doty. Dr. Doty is a clinical professor in the Department of Neurosurgery at Stanford University and the director of the Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education at the Stanford University of Medicine. Dr. Doty has collaborated on a number of research projects focused on compassion and altruism, including the use of neuroeconomic models to assess altruism. He is also developing the collaborative research projects to assess the effect of compassion training on health, the use of mentoring as a method of instilling compassion, and the use of compassion to decrease pain. Additionally, Dr. Doty is an inventor, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. He is the author of also the wonderful book, Into the Magic Shop a neurosurgeon's quest to discover the mysteries of the brain and the secrets of the heart. Additionally, he's on the board of directors for a number of nonprofit foundations, including the Dalai Lama Foundation and on the International Advisory Board for the Council of Parliament of the World's Religions. Dr. Doty, thank you for being here on a second episode of Journey to Center.
0: Well, again, thank you so much for having me. It's really a joy to be with you.
1: Well, we got into some really amazing, powerful content on our last show, but I feel like this is where you're really going to go into the heart of the matter, where things really get to um, the soul, which is really what I believe is why we're here, to grow our souls, not necessarily to get or acquire or accumulate, but to open our hearts and minds to live in a place of um, greater connection to our soul self and to others. So... Um, do you want to talk about, do you want to get into a little bit about your story where you had everything and you had nothing, and you, you um, made this choice to come from integrity and follow through with your commitment and how things transformed from
0: there? Well, as we talked about during the first episode, I was in this position where I had over a six-week period of time lost close to $80 million and was effectively bankrupt. And, uh, had to, um, sell my penthouse and, uh, uh, my Ferrari and, uh, my villa in Florence. And I was left completely reeling because I had thought, especially coming from my background of poverty as a child, that by accomplishing things, being quote unquote successful, being rich, uh, that that would make me happy. And after, Uh, Achieving all of those things, I was never more miserable in my entire life. And having lost everything really allowed me to sit and reflect on the journey and specifically on the lessons that Ruth had taught me or tried to teach me. And I was in this position where I realized that I had been so focused on my accomplishing that I wasn't focused on being open and caring for others. And uh, although I certainly was a doctor and a good doctor, and most people would character- characterize me as kind and caring, that was not my absolute focus. I was mm-hmm. focused on achievement. And uh, when I lost everything, it made me get back to this core of the teachings of Ruth. And, uh, at that point, I uh, had only one possession, significant possession left, and this was stock in this company that had not yet gone public. And I chose to live up to s- commitments that I had made to charity when I was very wealthy, and I gave all of the stock away even though I was personally bankrupt. And that company went public for $1.3 billion ultimately, resulting in me giving tens and tens of millions of dollars to charity and the fundamental nature of that giving really changed everything and in fact again changed the trajectory of my life and that money resulted in me actually exploring the nature of kindness caring compassion connection and a meeting actually with the Dalai Lama yeah. I had begun uh, exploring actually the neuroscience of compassion, which really wasn't high on hardly anyone's radar screen at the time, about 10 years ago. And I realized that when one practices compassion with intention, it has a huge, huge positive effect on our physiology. It stimulates uh, our parasympathetic nervous system which results in us being more self-reflective, more discerning, more thoughtful, more creative, more productive, and also allows us to relax and simply attend and be present. And over a course of uh, multiple research studies and gathering together neuroscientists and psychologists from Stanford, we were able to demonstrate this reality. And in fact, ultimately, uh, with the Dalai Lama, believe it or not, as our founding benefactor, uh, there uh, was created within the School of Medicine at Stanford, the Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education, or C-CARE, uh, which for the last decade has been exploring uh, this area, both in regard to research and uh, promoting uh, the reality of these research investigations. And it's been extraordinary. Additionally, uh, with this self-reflection allowed me to open my heart and it changed my relationships with my wife. It changed my relationships with colleagues, with patients, with people. And uh, it also changed, again, uh, how I interacted with the world because my intention in uh, has been to connect in as compassionate a way as I can. And again, when you use that as your baseline functioning, when you look at the other as someone who uh, is suffering also, and also with this idea of our shared common humanity, then your interaction with others is how you wish to be interacted with. And it creates this wonderful energy where people strive to be their best selves. You give them the opportunity to be their best selves.
1: And that's so beautiful. And it's true. And I know how you spoke in your first show, how you had to open up to the empathy and compassion for yourself. And that in turn supported you in being able to be authentic with your empathy and compassion for others. And I think that's such an important piece of the puzzle. I think any of us that incarnate as human beings, we suffer, and to be able to acknowledge that and be gentle with ourselves and be compassionate with ourselves is really, and for me, that's been the case, open that door to authentic compassion for others. I think we suffer when we think we're the only ones that suffer, and it's not the truth.
0: No, not at all. And in fact, uh, oftentimes when we are so focused on our own suffering, this only makes our suffering worse Yes. Uh, because it isolates us yes. and it separates us. And when you realize and are able to open your eyes and see that many are suffering as much or more than you, and that's the nature of life in many ways, but also that when you see that, it also makes your own suffering uh, tolerable. The other interesting thing about suffering is that for many people, and I can certainly say this myself, that suffering often has been uh, what has allowed me to learn the greatest lessons or to uh, achieve wisdom uh, than other periods of time when everything was going perfectly smooth. Mm-hmm. and. In some ways, suffering is a gift. If it Certainly, if it doesn't destroy you, you can learn so, so much. That will give you insights into our common humanity and insights into yourself and also ways to be your best self. Yes.
1: Well, certainly pain can break our hearts open. And you mentioned this in your book, and it's so true. It hurts to live life with an open heart, but not as much as a closed heart. And that hurt can break us open so that we can, I think, connect more authentically with our soul self. And it is in that connection um, with our authentic self and others that brings us that fulfillment that no amount of money can bring.
0: No, that's right. You know, I talk to people often, and one example I use is, and I don't know if you've ever eaten a persimmon, But for those of you who have, a persimmon starts out as a fruit that is hard and bitter. Yet, if you are patient and you sit with it, it becomes soft and sweet. Mm. And oftentimes, this is the nature of suffering, that it's so painful, it's so difficult, it's so hard, but then... As time passes and you reflect on, you realize that it was an incredible opportunity that you learned so much. And, in fact, it was joyous because of what you have learned and how far you've come. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, the journey of the hero. Yes. The journey of the hero. So you say something really beautiful in your book, and I think it really boils down to this. If we want to be happy, we make others happy. If we want love, we give love. If we want joy, we need to make others joyful. If we want forgiveness, we have to forgive. If we want peace, we have to create peace in the world around us. If we want our wounds to be healed, we have to heal others. We have to give what we want to receive.
0: No, I think that's exactly right. And fundamentally, it's the golden rule which has been with us since essentially recorded history. And, you know, when you think about our evolution as a species, people ask, well, geez, why do we care? And it's interesting that, unlike other species, our offspring require us to care for them for well over a decade after birth, unlike others who run into the forest or swim away. (laughs) And the reason is, is because our offspring mirror our behavior, and that takes time and time and the thing is the cost of in terms of energy time resources to care for a child is extraordinary and the reward is that when you care when you recognize the suffering of your child specifically but ultimately others and you respond to that suffering it has a huge huge positive effect on your physiology and in fact you are rewarded with the release of oxytocin and other uh, uh, hormones and neurotransmitters that actually stimulate uh, your reward or pleasure centers in your body. And then uh, this was just as true as we evolved into hunter-gatherer tribes because if a person in this small group of 10 to 50, which was our uh, the size of... Uh, hunter-gatherer tribes, and ha- our primary survival strategy until 68,000 years ago, we had to identify if people were suffering or hurting because they put the group at risk. And so we developed these abilities to interpret microfacial expressions, body language, body habitus, even uh, smells. And I'm sure you appreciate that Individuals you care about, they can walk into a room without saying a word, and you can intuit their emotional state. And this is what uh, we have within us as a species. And as our species evolved even further to the creation of culture, religion, uh, society, at the core of every one of these groups, fundamentally, is an understanding of compassion, of suffering and the creation of these uh, uh, mechanisms to care for another and be rewarded for that caring. Mm.
1: And it is, it really is what makes life worth living, is really connecting and having that profound understanding that we're not alone, but we're in fact all one.
0: No, that's exactly right. This is where people sometimes get lost. And you can understand when they are in difficult situations how they can sometimes self-focus, and that's certainly uh, understandable. But that being said, when you recognize that those around you are not the other, but they're your sister mm-hmm. or brother, that uh, your home is not... What surrounds you immediately, but your home is the world and you understand this incredible connection, this incredible interdependence, this reality that, uh, we are all are in fact one. That's when your world really changes and that's, uh, not a journey that is an inward journey, although that journey is important ultimately though meaning is manifested by an outward journey of connection
1: I think it's so true and yeah absolutely introspection is a part of the path and 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 like your story I had everything and I had nothing and losing it all is what encouraged me to become more introspective and eventually broke my heart open and to say yes to living more from that place of of connection. Somebody said something recently to me that I just love so much. Imagine every person that you meet as being an aspect of yourself longing for love. And it's easy to love the people that are nice and kind, but the people that are really hurting are the ones that exemplify maybe qualities that are maybe quote unquote unattractive. And I have found as I live more from an open heart, when people treat me poorly, that even provokes a deeper sense of compassion and love. And I don't know if it changes them, but it certainly is a liberating, fulfilling way for me to live.
0: But I think you're right, though, that oftentimes we assume that people's behaviors, which appear negative or, if you will, against us, Mm -hmm. uh, have something to do with us. And oftentimes those individuals are suffering deeply or they have other issues that we don't appreciate or understand and this is one of I think also uh, one of the things that an individual must learn is not to judge it's Mm -hmm. easy to judge others actions uh, and in some ways it's ego fulfilling because you're comparing yourself to another where you you imply that their actions or uh, words uh, are inferior or negative compared to your own. But when you can sit and not judge and just sit and observe without that sense of judgment, then that allows you to be much more kind. And in some ways, it's what we're talking about being self-compassionate, when you can just sit with yourself and not judge your past actions, when you can sit with yourself and appreciate that you deserve love and that uh oftentimes the events that have occurred uh really had nothing to do with you, then it much uh it puts you in this position of being much kinder to the other. Um, and when people sense that you're not judging them, but you're simply being with them, then it doesn't result in their own fear of responses being stimulated and creates a much, much uh better environment for true connection and communication.
1: That's so true. I've watched the transformation of a lot of people in my community when I show up in that way. And and I've been told when I show up, everything changes. And I'm like, really? Because I don't know. (laughs) I'm not there when I'm not there. (laughs) But I remember years ago reading about Mother Teresa and the Dalai Lama just walking into rooms without saying anything. And things shift. And I thought, I want to be like that when I grow up. <laughs> That's what I want to do.
0: <laughs> well, you know, so, it's funny you say that because people ask me, geez, what's it like to be with somebody like the Dalai Lama or Alma or others, um, spiritual leaders? And I've had the privilege of being with many of them for extended yeah. periods of time. And I say, what happens is that you feel immediately that you're surrounded by somebody who accepts you for who you are and doesn't judge you whatsoever. And you're surrounded by love. And this is part of the problem is that, especially in the modern world, where we're not uh, surrounded by relatives or people we've grown up with, and few are in, in modern Western society, we're always a little bit tense uh, because we think people are judging us. And many times, especially in competitive environments, you don't know what people are thinking. You don't know what they really want. But when you're in the presence of the Dalai Lama, or Amma, if you will, uh, they don't want anything. And they just openly give you unconditional love. And this, uh, if you will, shield that you carry around to protect you uh which uh, uh, actually puts up a shield against being vulnerable, while that may protect you in some ways, what it does also is, is it separates you. And until you can show your own vulnerability and that you're, in fact, a human being, it doesn't allow the other to show their vulnerability. And again, it creates this artificial separation. And I find that when I give lectures or talks as soon as my voice cracks or I uh, show uh, that I'm emotional, it suddenly is permission for everyone else to show their own vulnerability. And it's a beautiful thing because when that happens, you can truly connect. You can hug another. You can kiss another. You can embrace another because you know you're all human. You're frail. You're fragile. And you're just trying to to live in this sometimes very difficult world.
1: You, you um, supported me in just um, realizing something. Rather than provoking a stress response, you encourage a relaxation response. That's what the Dalai Lama and Alma do, Mother Teresa did. It provokes that relaxate. You're safe, you're loved, you're accepted, you're seen. And we just have a couple of minutes here left Dr. Doty and I want you to be able to do a shout out. Where can people find out more about you? Where can they find um, your website and your compassion um, research? How can they contact you, get your book and know more?
0: Well, that's kind of you. Uh, The work that I do at Stanford can be found at ccare.stanford.edu and uh, on that website we have a a compilation of all the research that we do. There's two or three hundred hours actually of uh, lectures and in fact something I do called Conversations on Compassion where I just sit uh, on a stage with someone who I have great respect for. I've done this with the Dalai Lama, Amma, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, Thich Nhat Hanh, Eckhart Tolle, as well as a variety of scientists and business leaders. Uh, you can check out the book website, which is called intothemagicshop.com, and on that website, you can find information about the book. It's now translated into 31 languages, amazingly enough. It's a New York Times bestseller and has won numerous awards, but on that website, you can also find something I think your viewers might appreciate, and which I mentioned in the book, The Alphabet of the Heart, and there's yes. an incredible story about that. As well as a podcast where I go over each of those letters, why it was chosen, and the science behind it, as well as a practice. And you can certainly uh, reach me via my email at Stanford, jrdoty, D-O-T-Y, at stanford.edu. And certainly uh, I'm happy uh, to connect uh, with anyone.
1: I am just amazed by the brilliance of your mind and astonished by the beauty of your heart.
0: You're so sweet. And I, uh, to you, my dear, because what you're doing in the world is very special and don't not ever think that.
1: Oh, and I appreciate that. Sometimes I wonder if I'm doing enough, but I'm enjoying the journey and just so honored to be have, having conversations like this with you and with others with the intention of just spreading more light and, and information to help people live more empowered, peaceful, joyful, prosperous, relaxed, and loving lives. So we do what we can. We do what we can. So God bless you, Dr. Doty. You're just such a gift and such a beautiful presence in the world. I'm so grateful to have had this time with you and to my listeners. I'm, I'm just so honored to be part of your day and a part of your life. And, and like Dr. Doty, I invite you to be in touch with me Anytime, it's really relationship that creates the deepest fulfillment in life. So connect with me, PhD at gmail.com, also on Facebook,
0: Instagram, Twitter.
1: Are you on social media, Dr. Doty?
0: Yes, you can find me on Twitter at JamesRDotyMD. And I do have a Facebook page, and I think it's also M.D. But you can find me in either of those places, as well as on Instagram, Uh, So uh, look for me there as well.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to for sure. And my listeners, I hope you do as well. Keep loving yourself. Have compassion for yourself. Live in the light. Live with an open heart. God bless you. You're my heart and prayers. Bye for now.